Hey, I'm Ben Gill with Oxenfree Film and Motion. And I'm Christian Harris from Aquas Films. And this is Building the Brand, a podcast about building, building the brand. Building the brand. The people and the journeys of the people building the brand. So Building the Brand podcast is all about the hustle behind some of Florida's biggest brands. We'll be interviewing prominent Orlando entrepreneurs as they strive to make a name for themselves and their brand. They share their journey, successes and pitfalls, and the why behind it all. I think every every entrepreneur is secretly very excited to tell their story about where they started, why they became an entrepreneur, or why they're doing what they're doing. And to us, those stories are are the kind of the gold behind the company. Christian and I both own separate video production businesses in Orlando. And we're kind of uniquely situated that we interview a ton of business owners through branded content. And it's just a window into successful businesses. And I think a lot of times it's easy to see where they end up and just think it was like an overnight success. And this is kind of going into that hustle and seeing that full journey. And I think it's a really intimidating to start your own business. It's kind of one of those things uh, you never think you're going to do it. And then when you do it, you're kind of already in the midst of it. And it's nice to be able to talk to people and have them kind of give you warnings and give you advice on what to do and what not to do and what to expect. I think anyone who's starting their own business, this would be a great way to kind of start and see how some of the biggest brands in Orlando have developed. So our first episode is interviewing Sally Kobolinski of InBloom Florist. And InBloom has been in business for 30 years, and they're one of the biggest, if not the biggest, florist in Central Florida. Um, that's florist as in flower shop. Um, they're not just a flower shop. They're heavily involved in events and in weddings. I'm pretty heavily involved in the wedding video industry, uh, you go to any wedding or any business in Orlando and it's most likely gonna be <laughs> decorated by In Bloom. They're that extensive at this point. And they have a huge facility on Gore and I-4 that is built out of like an old Coke factory and they're a super awesome mom and pop family owned business and they have a really awesome story. So we wanted to sit down with them and talk about how they started and what the future is. So if you just want to introduce yourself to people that don't know you. Okay. Yeah. My name is Sally Kovalinski, and my husband, John, and I started a flower shop 28 years ago. We sell primarily anniversary, birthday arrangements, sympathy. That's not the fun part of the business to talk about, and have two Central Florida locations. Yeah, so I guess backtrack a little bit. Like, how did you stumble into the world of flower shops and florals. From what I've heard, you had some interactions with flower shops, but you never thought that was where you were going to end up. Yeah, I really didn't expect to be back there again. My husband and I actually met through my sister getting married, and my mom did the flowers for my sister's wedding. And um, she actually had a flower shop when I was a kid, and my grandparents had flower shops. So it runs in the family. It runs in the family for sure. So my my grandfather and grandmother had a shop dating all the way back to the 30s. And then uh, when my mom was introduced to my dad, they ended up starting their own shop. So I made my very first flower arrangement when I was nine, but then never had worked in the flower shop myself after that point. When I was um, a young adult, my sister got ready to get married and my husband ended up working at this flower shop where my sister was gonna buy the flowers for my mom to design them. So that's actually when we first met, weirdly enough. When you were young and your parents had the flower shops and, and your grandparents, were you not, was that not a dream for you? Was it something Definitely that was just not. like what your parents did? Yeah, or? I am, I always refer to myself, weirdly enough in this moment, as an indoor cat. So I didn't like mud, I didn't like humidity. Uh, I didn't like to get dirty. And so the flower shop is the opposite of all those things. So it just wasn't aligned with who I am as a person. So I didn't expect to be in that type of environment at all as a grown up. My mom um, worked down the street from my grandparents in this small town of 5,000 people, and they stole all my grandparents' business and put them out of business effectively in this small town. So that helped uh, relationships. And, uh, was there some turmoil, family turmoil after there that? There definitely was some family turmoil after that, yeah. 
I remember from our conversation earlier that you had a roundabout way of ending up in Orlando. Oh, yeah. So my um, my mom and dad divorced when I was nine. Shortly after I made that one flower arrangement, my parents divorced. And um, my mom remarried. And for her honeymoon, I guess, I don't know how they came about it. And unfortunately, now my mom's passed, so I don't. I didn't have the opportunity to ask her. One of those things that you think of after the fact, like I should have asked this question, but they decided to take us to Disney for their honeymoon. And uh, I have no idea why. And when we were here um, at Disney for their honeymoon, our home built, our home burned down when we were here. So my mom just thought it was a good idea to remain in Orlando at Disney, like permanent vacation. Whoa. So we just stayed. So was the house and the flower shop Connected? They were connected. So it wasn't just the house that burned down. Yeah, the house and the flower shop burned down. One fell swoop. And then we just decided to stay in Orlando. The side note is that when I'm 18 and I meet my husband, I'm a punk rocker at that point. So I have, I've dyed my hair black. It's shaven over my ears. I have safety pin earrings. All my makeup is black. Um, eye makeup, lipstick, all my clothes are torn, and my husband's as straight and narrow as he is right now. So he meets me as this crazy punk rocker, and I guess he decides, like, that's the girl for me, like, in the midst of this. <laughs> and uh, he meets me because I put the down payment on flowers for my mom to design the bouquet for my sister's wedding. Did he ask you on a date? How does that go? Uh, so he meets me during this deposit, and um, and I don't know it at the time, but he's a groomsman for this wedding, and I'm going to be a bridesmaid at the wedding. And so we see each other again like two days later. And um, he ends up asking me back to the flower shop to help him for um, for Valentine's Day because that's when my sister chose to get married. Mm. And so we go back to the flower shop and I help him for Valentine's Day. So that I guess that's officially our first date. And then we get married two years later. So, so your first date was at a flower shop? Our first date was at a flower shop, yes. And the craziness of a Valentine's Day flower Yes, period. with the punk rocker. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which you can't understate. That's awesome. So, I mean, your journey back to flowers is definitely linked to John. Yeah, so he actually loved horticulture. And when he was in college, they encouraged him to get a... Um, a job in horticulture. The only thing that he could find was this job at this flower shop and he got a job as a delivery person. So he ends up driving around Orlando and at the end of each day when he's done, he ends up saying like, well, can you teach me about sales now? And can you show me how to close the books at the end of the day? And can you teach me how to design? And can you, can you show me every aspect of the business? So within two years, he was running the shop essentially. And then after 11 years is when he ended up opening his own shop by himself. And uh, so he crawls into bed this one night and he shuts off the light and says, I think I'm going to start my own shop. And uh, so I like turned back on the light and I said, I think that this is one of those things in marriage that people actually talk about. <laughs> and uh, so uh, he said, well, I, you know, I don't know what to say, but I think I'm going to start my own shop. And, and, uh, and that's kind of it. Like, and he wasn't being rude, like he's not a mean guy. He just, he didn't, I don't think he thought there was much more to say other than that. And uh, so literally the next night he crawls into bed and shuts off the light and said, I think I'm gonna call it Orlando Flower Mart. Wow. And I did the same thing, like turned back on the light and said, uh, I, I don't love the name. <laughs> and he said, well, what do you recommend? And I said, I, I like, I like a, a, a different name and I think we should talk about it. And, he was like, well, I've already decided on it. And I said, okay, well, our kids were one and two. Jeez. Like it was just, it was a lot. And um, so that's when it started and how it started. And it was in 1990 and and that was that. I want to go back to that, that decision that he made in bed where you turned the light back on. Yeah. So I think everyone knows that it's not easy opening a business. And with that being said, it's not easy opening a business when you have a one-year-old and a two-year-old. Yes. Um, you're supposed to support each other and, and stuff like that, but there had to be some sort of like fear or doubt or... Yeah, it was hard because, you know, this feels great now, right? Like this is a good picture. I mean, the holidays stunk. You know, Mother's Day, where your image uh, for me as a mom of having 
a family meal and these wonderful cards, you know, I'm making the cards that my kids are giving me two days later because my husband's at work. I mean, it's one of the busiest seasons or holidays that we have at the flower shop. So my husband's really not around for that. I never, I've never had a Valentine's day with my husband. I've never gone out to a meal with my husband for Valentine's day. They're spent here, I guess, right? He always spent them for sure at the, at the shop. And most of the time with me. And one time he, one time we were working at Valentine's and we had um, vehicles broken into at the shop. And um, he walked around to me and gave me a bag of Reasons chocolate candies, which is like my favorite candy in the world. And he like tossed them to me, not in a mean way, but he kind of tossed them to me at like eight o'clock at night on Valentine's and said, happy Valentine's day. And I said, if you ever say those words to me again, like I might hurt you. <laughs> and, and it was almost like sad, like it almost became a curse phrase for us. Right. Like it was almost like a bad thing to say. And holidays were not what I imagined they would be as a young married couple. Like that, that changed really quickly for us in our marriage and especially with young kids. Do you remember the first year? how different that was than year 28? Uh, yes, it was very scary. I want to say that there were times that we didn't know that if we could afford to have flower shops, but that would be lying. Um, initially, he took a salary, and uh, so we weren't really afraid of not eating, but we we definitely didn't always know what we were doing. Gosh, it was really, it was kind of frightening because he worked at another flower shop in town, but you really don't know what you don't know until you start down that road. So he had been a designer and he had been a driver and worked throughout the business for a period of time, but you've never been a collection agency before. You've never been um, a tax person before. You've never been um, somebody who's been um, trying to figure out how to handle working through an issue where your person's been in a delivery accident or anything like that. So you don't know how to go through all those different variables of having a business until you go through them. So I'd love, love to go back to um, your journey into becoming a more prominent member of, of the InBloom right? hierarchy. Um, yeah, I didn't, I really, kind of from the beginning, I would just work holidays. So I would come and work Valentine's and Mother's Day. And every job I had from that point forward, I would tell them, I'm going to, I'm going to help my husband two days before Mother's Day and two days before Valentine's. So I just am going to need those for vacation days. Is that okay? And they'd always say yes. And so I would take off those two days and I would come help my husband. I had this really funny boss that I worked for for like 15 years. And he would tell me, if you don't make more working for him, him than you do for me on those vacation days, I'm not going to let you off anymore. Because my husband really didn't pay me very much on those days. So it became a joke in the office that he wouldn't, he wouldn't let me off. But, I mean, he always did. And um, I would come and work there. And, and over time, I ended up having a, hot, a, a more and more elevated position at the office. And he was like, do you ever audit him at the company? Because I bet you could teach him a lot there. And, you know, I just, I ended up running, like, the operations at this company that I worked at. And I ended up becoming, like, the VP of the company. And... He was like, does he ever ask you to help him do these things at the company? I was like, no, I just go there and take orders. Like, so I just help out on the phone for, you know, a couple of hours um, every holiday. And then I'd go back to my regular job and that would be it until like 2008. And I helped during the recession. And then in 2014, he asked me to come here and help for a longer period of time. And Okay, so maybe take us to like how the business had been doing and then the 2008-2009 recession hit. Yeah, so the business had been doing really well and, um, and I was in real estate. That was what my job had always been. So I worked in multifamily um, real estate. But because I was in multifamily, you're really pretty much insulated against that, uh, against the ups and downs. Because, I mean, I wasn't a realtor, so it didn't matter to me if houses were selling. You're in apartment management and if you're doing okay for your company, I wasn't going to lose my job. Um, but I had, uh, I had some bumps in the road personally at work and um, chose 
to be unemployed during this one um, time period. So uh, I happened to be at home as we were heading into um, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and and John called me and said, you need to come in and help me because I need, I need help at the shop. And it was just before everything went sideways with the economy. And I really didn't know up until that moment that flowers were a luxury. You know, like it really hadn't impacted, none of the economy had impacted the flower shop until 2008. So everything was going really well here. And then um, I came and started helping at the shop. And literally every time I answered the phone, someone would cancel their standing order. We were doing stuff for like Louis Vuitton and Chanel and all these different companies. And I'd pick up the phone and they're like, we'd like to cancel our standing order. And I remember looking at John and saying, I think the only way to avoid this is to stop getting the phone. Like that would be a good idea. Like we could just, we could just stop. It would be okay. So we decided, obviously we couldn't stop getting the phone. But um, I had just finished getting a degree in uh, management information systems. And so I was excited about um, taking some of the new education that I had in technology. And I, so I ended up signing us up for Instagram and Facebook. And so we had all the first handles in all that technology. So we weren't um, in Bloom 4 or in Bloom Orlando. We were in Bloom Florist in all those different um, social media. And how have you seen that trickle down, like from get, getting like on that train early? Yeah, it just was, I mean, I felt really smart because I was an early adopter of all that technology. And then I went ahead and, and did Google at the same time. And um, so we now have like 300 reviews and a 4.8 rating and and people all the time when they call and I ask them how they heard of us, they're like, oh, you have a 4.8 on Google. And I'm like, right, of course we do. You know, it was really bad in 2008, but I went ahead and signed us up for that. So, and then I ended up um, getting hired back in to um, the real estate market again and ended up going back to work. I was a financial analyst for a period of time, which is extremely comical for me because I do not like budgets. I do not like numbers per se, but took a minute and did that and um, worked there for a little while. And then, um, I mean, I was away for like another four years and uh, maybe I just needed that under my belt, needed to have that um, new education. And, and then when I got hired back in or when I came back to the shop, isn't that funny? Like hired back in, like I own the place. <laughs> <laughs> this 51% owner like the whole time because we wanted to be like women owned. But um, but yet I never really worked here. And uh, when, when John talked to me and said, will you come back in? I said, well, I want to be over the marketing and the uh, over HR. And he was like, okay, I'll leave you alone in those, in those areas. So you were more into the people. Yes. Yes, very true. And was he more into like the day-to-day? -day yeah, yeah. And he would really get down into the quagmire of the day-to-day. -day. And I really wanted to talk. I really wanted to work, as you know, um, for yourself probably, like on the business and not in the business. I wanted to really focus on that as much as I could. When we spoke last time, the, the biggest low, I guess, was this recession. So I kind of want to like hit on it a little more. Yeah, like yeah that was um, the, uh, so the recession, we ended up, uh, as I shared with you, you know, teasing about not wanting to get the phone, but um, I say seemingly overnight, it went down 40% in business, um, but it was probably within three months, we lost 40% of our business. Um, and we, um, we ended up, our, and, and just to put perspective on it, um, our kids graduated from high school in 2006 and 2007. So they were both in college. And um, we planned on um, taking care of, you know, all their needs, all their books and tuition. And, you know, they were, they were good students. So some of that was taken care of um, by their scholarships and everything. But we planned on, on filling the gap of everything to do with that. But everything got, you know, put to a halt. Like we couldn't, we couldn't take care of ourselves. Um, and we couldn't take care of, of our in bloom family. 
So we had to lay off people here. And it got to the point that we had, we had a second mortgage on our home and uh, we decided that we could either continue with the second mortgage or we could lay off additional people and we decided to give up our home. Oh. So we gave up our home that we'd raised the kids in. That had to be a hard decision it to come was, to. It was yawned hard. And I don't think John like was still ready for it. And, and we never, we didn't even look for another place. Like it was, you know, it was where we raised the kids. So it was, um, it was where every memory we had of raising them was. And then they had just left us to go to college. So, you know, they hadn't even come back for, um, I'm doing a good job so far for Christmas break or whatever. And we had packed up their stuff to move them out. And uh, so it was really hard. And, uh, and then I came walking in one morning and noticed that one of our employees had been sleeping in his car. And um, we had the area that's the wedding room, that area was completely empty. Like that whole back area of the shop wasn't, there were no desks there. That's how empty this space was. We had just moved in here. Uh, we moved in at the beginning of 2009. So that was about the time period that we're talking about now. So we had extra furniture because our kids were gone and we, we had moved out of this house and we were moving into another place, but we had all this furniture because it was like a 2,800 square foot home and we were moving into like a 1,400 square foot home and, uh, and, and a rental. And we hadn't rented in like our whole married life. And uh, so... I end up finding that this guy has been living in his truck and, um, and I end up bringing in just a mattress from my house and asking him if he wants to sleep on the mattress in the back of the shop. I mean, it was so symbolic of so many things that he could come sleep in our empty business on the empty bed left behind in our empty house from my empty life. Like it was, it was so many empty things all at once. And, um, and so he, he did, he ended up sleeping here and he, and he bathed in the sink in the morning and he lived here for like at least six months. But I really felt like, I really felt like God blessed us through all of that. I mean, we, we just opened up, you know, our home and our heart as much as we could to everybody that was here. And so 2009, our, at the end of the year, our daughter gets engaged. We're in the rental house. We have no money. We have no nothing. We're at like the end of everything. The recession's in full force. We, I mean, at the time, I'm like literally at this point, a salesperson by day and by night, I'm doing like accounts payable, accounts receivable. John is on the bench during the day designing. And at night, he's doing like after hour stuff. So there's just a handful of people who are working here at the time. And uh, it was just, I mean, it was unbelievably awful, but we, it was like we had each other's back you know, like in our marriage, even with our lack of words that we have with each other in our marriage, it, it was like, it was the best of what we had for each other. So our daughter gets engaged, she gets married May of 2010. We have no money in, in December of 2009, I literally, shop for Christmas on our floor for Christmas. That's how I bought Christmas gifts for my family. I cried walking on the floor of what I'm gonna give people for Christmas in our family. That's all we have. I mean, I, my nephew loves beef jerky. I went to the snack bins and gave him beef jerky for Christmas that year. So during this whole time, and that's obviously such a low point, like, there ha 
just your, your day-to-day, you have to be thinking, was there any thoughts like, we can't do this anymore? Like, we have to do something else. Like, we can't maintain this shop anymore. We have to, we have to. I don't think there was a thought about that. I mean, I, I guess, like, John doesn't think that way. Ever. How does he think? Well, he just is like, I, he, he just plows. And I think that I have a lot of plowing in me, and I was just... I literally think, I think it's a Tammy Wynette song and I don't even know really Tammy Wynette, but it's like stand by your man. And I think in that moment I had just like, he asked me to come work next to him and I did. And I think I somehow like drank the Kool-Aid and I, and I didn't put the cup back down. And so I was just showing up next to him. We shared a car, like I gave my car up. And so we were sharing a car. I couldn't go. Like I'd, I'd ask him, can we stop at the store to pick up something? And he'd be like, so I'd have, if I wanted to go somewhere, I'd have to call a friend and ask a friend to take me wherever. I was in my late forties and I'm asking friends to pick me up and take me places. I mean, it's surreal. That's crazy. Cause like the, the fact that it was never even an option to like, it sounds like it was never even an option to give it up. It was like, yeah, it we have to do whatever it takes no matter what happens. Yeah. It did. And like I said, it didn't even occur to us. And then we had this group of florists that we're all like in this group with, and we're all doing really well again now. And I remember like being two years past that time and our numbers had gone up like, you know, really, really well at this one point. It was like they were up 50% or something. And the man in this group said like, what's your secret? He's like third generation florist. And he remembers when his great grandfather had a um, fruit stand in Baltimore. So he's like, what's your secret? Like, what'd you do? And he wears his pants up really high. He's, you know, just old school or whatever. I said, well, first you have to go down 60% and then you can come up 50%. He's like, oh yeah, I forgot. Because we just, you know, in Florida, we really got hit because of the mortgage lending stuff. Our yeah. our economy got hit really, really badly. So. Well, it sounds like you, uh, you guys, like you said, you plow. And so that hustle is like really huge. Like how many, how many hours a day do you think you guys were working at that? Here, you mentioned like, all of them, all the hours, all the hours. Life was work pretty much. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. We just, I mean, we're doing it right now. We're plowing, but it's just because we can't keep up with it. It's not because, you know, like we're failing. It's just, there's not enough hours in the day right now. So we're plowing and we've got other weird people like us that are plowing with us right now. And when did you start to see like the fruits of that labor, I guess? Like when did it start to back in the 2008, nine thing? Like 11, it completely flipped. Hmm. Like it was, it had, it had flipped back. I mean, we were fine again. Like we knew we were going to be okay. Just one day yeah. people were calling you and yeah, that's crazy. But it's funny. I was, I was with this marketing person the other day and I've known her for a little while and she's probably later twenties. And, um, we were having our two for one happy hour and she's in the cooler with me and she goes, that idea of your two for one happy hour, it's such a great idea. Um, what made you think of that? And I said, desperation. And she goes, really? And I said, yeah. And she goes, it's just such a great idea. I just love it. And she said, um, when'd you come up with it? And I said, 10 years ago. And she goes, 10 years ago? And I said, yeah. And she goes, well, how long did it take you to implement? And I go, well, I mean, I implemented it immediately, but it took 10 years to catch on. And she said, well, I don't understand. I said, I implemented it in 2008 when I thought of it but I probably didn't open up a bottle of wine for like nine and a half years. Like no one came for nine and a half years. And I finally had to open up a bottle of wine after nine and a half years. And then people started coming and she's like, are you kidding me? I was like, no, like, I I mean, if I went back to Facebook posts in 2009, I was probably talking about come to my wine and or my half off or buy one, get one free flowers back in 2009. Just no one came. No one came. Yeah. Just I think that's a, that's a huge thing that sets you guys apart is you've always put an emphasis on marketing and maybe that's you entering the business and seeing that right. as in me. But I mean, a lot of florists, you wouldn't think they'd have a marketing department, but you guys have always made that a priority. Yeah, I think I just love marketing. Like, well, I love people. So it's like, you know, and, and, I, and I love very much... I love hosting. You know, I love caring for people. I love inviting people in. So sometimes that looks like marketing. To me, it just looks like grab a chair, sit down, yeah. you know. It's like you, you were saying in the beginning of the interview that uh, 
you weren't like a hands in the dirt kind of girl. And yeah, I never, you know, I I never would have thought I would have been owned a floral shop, but you have made your mark through not having your hands in the dirt, but through being a people person, which is, I guess, kind of that person you view yourself as being. Um, Yeah. That's, yeah, maybe so. Yeah. You still don't put your hands in the dirt. I do not put my hand in the dirt. I mean, if I got my hand dirty, I'm like immediately, it's on my, it's immediately on my jeans, but yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> so how did you end up in this space? And like, why have you guys always like decided Orlando was where you wanted to set roots? Oh, John was born here. He was born at the hospital down the street. Wow. Yeah. So one of the very, very few natives. And um, when we found this spot in, a, in 2000, so we found this spot in 2008. It took them six months to build it out. And by the time they built it out, the crash had hit. But we had already committed to being in the spot. And John is a handshake guy. We probably didn't even have a leash yet, but he committed to being here. So we moved in regardless. And it wasn't until after we um, committed to it that we found out it was an old Coca-Cola factory. So that was just part of the coolness of it because I may or may not be a Coca-Cola um, addict. Yeah, yeah. That may or may not be a <laughs> I thing. try and avoid it, but it's impossible. Yeah. <laughs> so just like touching on the journey again, like you guys are probably one of the biggest florists in Orlando, right? Or the biggest. I think we are probably. So how did you guys come from humble beginnings? Like I'm sure John was wearing a lot of hats at first. How did you get to like having all these employees? And After, after I got here and had HR and it was like, okay, so who are we? Like, what are we hiring? Who are we hiring? One of the first things we realized is that we're kind. So we, we only wanted to bring in, like, we, we were like, if we only know one thing about ourselves, we're only bringing in nice people and we're only tolerating nice people. Like, we've only had to let go of a couple people that were mean, but it became a rule. Like, if you're not nice, you can't work here. And I've had to, I've had to filter out people and I've had to say to people, I'm sorry, you're not nice, you can't work here. You That's like an interview, interview, uh, it's a killer instant. You're out it's of here. It's a killer. Yeah. I've, and I've had to let talented people go. Before. Would you say you're like a good judge of someone being nice, like right away? Like, can you tell if? No, you know, and I don't care if they fake it. I've told them you can be mean at home. You know, I don't, if you can fake it here, I'm fine with it, but I, I will pay you to be nice. But if you, you know, if you can't be nice at work, you know, you can't work here. I want you to treat customers nicely and I want you to treat each other nicely. Was there a moment or maybe a month or a week or a client that took you guys from one level to the next level? And, or was it just your head was down and you were just working, working, working. And then years later you look up and then you have, you're the biggest Orlando (coughs) florist. I hope that we treat every, every person like they're our biggest Someone was with me the other day and I stamped a ticket VIP and they said, why'd you do that? And I said, oh, they're proposing. And uh, so she said, so you stamped it VIP? And I said, yeah, I don't even care if it's just a rose, but if it's like a life event, like I want to make sure it's a VIP. Right. Like I want to make sure that, you know, we've got all the, the I's dotted and the T's crossed. If, if it's a life event going on, I want to make sure that we're doing everything we can to show up properly there. And we definitely do have good, big clients that we're super grateful for. But I want to make sure that we treat everybody like they're that great client. I I don't want to treat someone who's only here for a $10 bouquet like they're only here for a $10 bouquet. I, I want everybody to be the next best customer for us you touched a little bit on how you wanted kind people Um, what were some of your intentions for the shop and like what was the vibe you wanted and to have and like you know it's funny I um I've been thinking a lot about it recently because um of speaking about it you know in these next coming days and not so much the legacy but like why am I here you know like what's my purpose in it because, um, you know, my whole thing with working was I could wear nice suits and, and go sit in a fancy office. So I realized that the, the reason I really like this so much is because we really have, John and I really have an opportunity in a lot of ways 
to impact lives directly. Had a customer who came in and she told me how her daughter-in-law was getting married and um, that she was gonna pay for the flowers. And I said, why? Because that's odd that a mother-in-law is gonna pay for the flowers. And she said that her mother, as she was dying, um, she was visiting her in the hospital every night and she was crawling into bed with her in the evenings and, and they were telling stories and um, sharing their hearts and her, and she ends up asking her mom if she's had any regrets or any hopes or whatever that, that the daughter can help with. And the mom says that the mom was this big gardener and um, she said, my biggest regret is that I'm not gonna be able to see my grandchildren get married because I was a huge gardener. But what I can do is I can put money aside in my will for my grandson's flowers, even though I've never met his wife because he's too young. So she says, and now I have the honor of putting that money aside for the flowers. And I guess I feel like I'm in this position, in this weird way, to be a holder of stories or of hopes or of something. And the currency is flowers. I don't know. It's, it's hope or it's, it's different than most businesses, right? It's different than tires. You know what I mean? It's, I mean, plants are living things. It's, there's something different about the currency that we exchange here. And at the times that you exchange, because it's like these life events are huge. Yeah, the life events. So people are willing to share more than they normally would when they interact with you because they're in the middle of something deeper, bigger than normally you're in the middle of when you're getting your oil changed or whatever. I, I had one last week, the woman came in and she was getting bouquets for her kids with ballet and, and I pulled up her account and I said, oh my gosh, I didn't realize Yvonne that you were married to this other guy. And, and um, how is he? Last time I saw him, it was Valentine's Day and he was buying a bouquet for you and the four girls. And I just remember because who has five women to buy for? And he has like a radio voice and he's really handsome. And I think I fell in love with him at the counter for just one minute because he's got five people that he's buying for and you know, whatever. And she said, oh my God, he, he died of a heart attack when he was jogging. And we sat here and sobbed at the counter last Sunday, a week ago. And I don't know, it's like it, it, just, it just recently hit me and I haven't put it into words yet, but I feel like there's this spot for me with, I have this heart of helping and I, I think I found a home for that heart in this spot. I, my dad had this um, thing that he used to say that you could get anywhere with a bouquet. You could get in any building with a bouquet. But I feel like it's like you can get in any heart with a bouquet. Like I feel like there's, there's something even more that I haven't fully fleshed out. No one's unhappy to receive flowers, right? Yeah. Nobody's yeah. gonna be like, oh no. What? Yeah, yeah. No, why did you do that? Yeah. No, I mean, that's that's really cool. That's a really cool way to think about it. So our, our podcast is um, focused right now in Orlando. So could we have you guys like, maybe just gush about Orlando? Like what do you love about Orlando? Why Orlando? Like You know, I think that um I think for me and and I have a hard time saying this because for me, the, the biggest change or the biggest moment came with Pulse, right? So I don't wanna talk about that in, in vain or without it, I don't, wanna, I don't wanna diminish those lives, but I feel like that was such a, a moment where, where you can talk about that unity and you can talk about who we really are. Like that, that time really, um, solidified what we all knew or what we know about Orlando. 
where we come together, where um, we are unified, where there aren't um, where there aren't boundaries, where there aren't differences, where we all have each other's backs, where um, we care for each other, where we care about one another, where we all um, want to do what's right for everybody, where we invite each other in, where, um, you know, my, my heart is that anybody who doesn't have their own um, building you know, you come in and you sell your wares in my shop. Like I have a roof, like you bring your square and this can be your roof too. Like bring your stuff in, set up your little shop and come be, come be part of my space. You know, I, I don't want to um, prevent you from having your successes just because I have a roof over my spot doesn't mean that you can't have a roof over yours. And I think the more people, the better in whatever space it can be. So if you, you know, if you want to have an opportunity to sell, like, let's do it. I feel really strongly about, um, being real with, people that are trying to build their brand or trying to build their business. I sat with somebody one day and it was the middle of summer and we, we go into the red a lot during the summer. It's a hard time for us. We have to build up during Mother's Day and Valentine's Day and then we lose money during the summer months. And I like leaned forward and I was like, we are sucking air right now. How about you? And she was like, did you just say that out loud? And I was like, I did just say that out loud. And she was like, I'm so glad to hear that. And I, and I, I mean, I was just, just frank. And it's like, you know, 28 years of business and we can't figure out a way to do it without having a struggle during the summers. I think that's huge for people to hear that, other businesses to hear right. that. Like a it's, business as big as you guys. It's hard every summer. You got to charge through it, right? You got to charge through. Plow. Plow. It's time to plow. It's time to plow. What would you tell someone who's young that's wanting to get into this industry maybe that's like listening to this podcast just because they want to hear from someone who's done it the right way? Right. What would you tell them? You know, I think that the the most difficult part of it is that uh, with any business, and I think passion is so important, however... It is not all of it. You know, you you need to have um, an understanding of what a profit and loss statement is. You need to understand the the full picture of what you're doing, and pick up the phone. You know, call call me, call anybody else who you trust to give some uh, feedback on what you're doing, and get a mentor, get um, get some advice remove your pride or ego or whatever and ask um, people to give that feedback. Go to a community college and get somebody to, to look at your books and um, give that advice back to you because they'll have feedback for you. Um, don't, don't let pride get in your way of what you're, what you're looking at. Um, but don't, don't just take, like we have people all the time in our flower shop that are designers that um, they want to start a flower shop because they know the one component of what they're doing, but they don't understand the marketing. They don't understand the accounting. They don't understand even how to take an order. They don't understand the delivery portion of it. And then they run out and start their own business. And they really didn't understand the 360 of what it takes. So if you're in a business right now, man, take advantage of the business that you're in and get to know the other parts of it. Well, someone else is paying for your education of being in that flower shop. Go and ask your boss to learn those other parts. I welcome it here. You know, we have a delivery manager right now and she's going back to school. I said, go work in HR. I'll teach it to you. Go and learn from our marketing department, the other parts. I mean, education's important. In it is, sense. and you can get a free one within the business that you're working in. Right. I'm happy to teach. I'd, ha- I'd be happy to show within our own company those other aspects of what we do yeah. so you can learn. Yeah, I mean, even I mean, Christian and I, when we started our own um, separate businesses, it's like you start as a technician, 
and like you said, the designers is like, I can design flowers, I can I can own a flower shop. Right. Or like I can shoot a video, I know, I can do a video company and then you're not the technician anymore, you're like the manager and you've never had to manage people before or you're yeah. right. you're the you're the entrepreneur, you're the one who has to do all the dreaming, no one's gonna tell you what you yeah. should be doing. Right. That's I think the biggest thing is like uh, when you said like you're a designer and you can go start your own business. Like for me and I think Ben too, like we we're really we're really good at making videos. We can start a business and it's gonna blow up because we're good and we're better than other people we see. And then you get into it for about two years and you're like, you know, it takes so much more than just being a designer or for us being, you know, right, being creative. It, it takes yeah. like marketing and we're going through that now where it's like we're trying we're learning every day about what it takes to take yourself to the next level every year yeah. and it's not just making good videos it's so much more than that so yeah. google reviews <laughs> well, we found that out earlier this that. year we, we, we could use how many you have 400 we could use that. 300 for sure i feel like we have like 10 we're close yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'll do one while we're done. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. One more. Oh, sure. One a day. Hey, one a day in the next year. Oh, yeah. We'll... Yeah. So I guess um, wrapping up, just like looking back at how how much you guys have like struggled to get here. Um, like how proud are you guys looking back at like how hard it was? Like seeing how successful you guys are. Uh, you know, I think that we're, we're surprised, I think, more than proud. Um, I feel humbled probably more than anything, but I, I think surprised. I think we, you know, a lot of times we walk in the door in the morning and look around and just go like, wow, this is, we're, su we're surprised we're here. We're thankful, really grateful that we're here. You know, I don't think it leaves us too much, the 2008 thing, because that was a minute. And that was uh, a real thing. I don't take it for granted that I don't have to ride around in the car with him um, and that we uh, get to each have our own vehicle for right now. And, and that might not always be. And I didn't have to go shop this year so far for Christmas or a birthday present on the floor. And uh, so I'm really thankful for that. You know, I find myself being more proud of him than of, than of us, because he, you know, he's carried it the long haul. I've kind of buzzed in and out, you know, and, and so I've had less time to just really sit in it. I'm not as patient as he is. I mean, he's, he's done this for 30 years. That's a long time. That's a long time. It's weird, uh, and we talked about this a lot too, or like, you, and you said it at the beginning of the interview, or like, you see this pretty picture, like, in bloom, this amazing, you know, a floral shop that is like that's the heart of Orlando. And, but it took so much, you said 30 years to get to that point. Yeah. It's like, I think people see the, see the end result out seeing yeah. the hustle, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's funny to think of because the shop that we came from, I mean, it had pink carpet in 2008. I mean, it, there's that's some awesome. scary, there's some scary <laughs> images back there. Bring that back. Yeah. That sounds great. Yeah. People love that nowadays, actually, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Vintage. <laughs> I think people who own a business like to think that their business is, you know, you did something different or we offer something different that maybe other people didn't do. Why in bloom and, and what makes it special? I remember saying for this stretch of time that even if someone came in and they wanted to use the restroom, I wanted it to be the best restroom experience that they had if they didn't even purchase anything. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. I wanted to treat them better than anybody had ever treated them. So that's who I want to be as a company. Like we should all treat people well. And of course, if you're if you're ordering something and you're paying something for it, we're gonna treat you well because that's what's expected. But I want to treat you well just because you walked in the door or even just because you walked by. Like I want to treat you well. I have a lot of people that don't know what goes into the day to day of owning a flower shop. They might they might think like, oh that's so great. Wow. Right. Oh yeah. it's so pretty. Could you like just do like walk us through a day in the life. Like you roll up to In Bloom and what's that? Oh like? my gosh, isn't that a crazy idea? Um, I would think each arrangement takes two hours of time of labor between answering the phone or typing the order on the web and then uh, walking it through the process, um, having it designed having it checked over, having it delivered. 
like it's probably at least a two hour process. So the order um, gets printed, it gets double checked, it gets walked through to a bin on the side over here. In the meantime, flowers are getting um, processed from somebody else. So they get um, put in water where it's got special nutrients in it. And um, they're um, being processed may have been hours before or even a day before where they're starting to open up and drink in advance to have the best, um, the best hope at being the most hydrated they can be um, prior to a recipient getting them. And so the, so the order's coming from one direction and the flowers are coming from another at the same time. And then they meet at a designer in the middle. And uh, then the designer makes it according to a recipe that's been put in the system from Danny from a whole different direction. Uh, and it could have been months ago that the recipe got put in the system. That's gonna be the most awkward bite ever because I'm like got my hands all over the place <laughs> trying to show that information. Well, it's crazy to hear the, the journey it takes from that flower, that one, when you hit order, to yeah. getting to your hands. Yeah. It's a, a huge yeah, it's like a ramen noodle. It's all over the place. <laughs> this is my favorite question. Uh-oh. What's one thing you wish you knew at the start of your business that you know now? I wish I had known, um, for me personally, I wish I had known that I didn't have to get dirty to participate. And I wish I had known that I could have come alongside of John by knowing that, you know, that I that I didn't have to get dirty to come and stand beside him. All Thank the you, you joined earlier. Yeah, that. and that retail wouldn't have been so scary. Cause I really like, I actually like working in the counter a lot and interacting with people. Yeah, cause retail, that could be some frightening stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think we've covered it. I don't, you have yeah. anything else you wanna talk about that we didn't talk about or you just have the best soundbite that you've been waiting to say? Nope, <laughs> probably not. Well, thanks so much for, yeah, thank you. for being our first. I hope I gave you something. You, that was a really good first interview. It was good. great. I think you even said build a brand. So you said you did say build a brand. Good. Thanks so much to Sally for sitting down and talking to us. It was amazing to hear her story and how she and John built a company that is a staple now in Orlando. And we're super excited to do more stories like this. If you guys know any business owners of notable industries or brands in Orlando, we'd love to talk to them. So send them our way. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next time. We'll hear you next time. We'll talk to you next time. We'll see you next we time. It's fine. See you we next won't time. see you. Yeah. We won't see you. That was good. That was good. That was so good. I thought when we first started, we were just kind of like rambling. That was that might be some of our best stuff.